1: Hey there and welcome to Easy Being Green. I'm Taylor Powers and that's Deanne Tetzel and we're your hosts talking about how to make the planet a little healthier. And today we're talking about wildfires and their relationship to climate change. Yeah, this time of year it's, um, I mean we're moving
0: obviously into fall and closer toward winter every day but this is the time when things are dried out, and we're starting to see some of the um catastrophic wildfire events that mm-hmm. kind of creep up crop up rather at the end of the summer right um things are dried out, and um that's when we start to see yeah have issues october
1: and, November, mm-hmm. especially in the in the u s it's it's here on the west side in you know right. california oregon Washington. Even in Utah and Montana, um, Colorado. It gets, yeah, Colorado, yeah, Colorado, it, it's uh, it gets really scary, especially because due to climate change, the summers are getting longer. You know, the snowmelt is happening sooner, which means it's more extended period of time for everything to dry out, and then you start to get these storms that aren't quite giving precipitation with tons of wind. Um, and, you know, one spark just sets off a devastating wildfire. Yeah, recipe for big problems, which we
0: have seen, um, yeah. you know, pretty regularly over the last few years. And um, we were, you know, given the power outage that was, that hit Northern California in the last, um, I guess, about a week ago, mm-hmm. right? Um, we were thinking about, I, I know that the, Pacific, uh, what are, what is it? PG&E. PG&E there yeah. was trying to prevent because they saw in the forecast that Santa Ana winds were a possibility, right? right? And yeah. they were trying to prevent um, the situation that happened in 2018, which devastated mm-hmm. a lot of uh, counties in Northern California, yeah. took people out of their homes. and
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, the 2018 fires, if you're not familiar with it in California, um, it it took out, I don't even know how many acres. It killed 88 people in Northern California. Um, and then I'm from California, so I a lot of my family and friends were affected by it. Um, but it was mainly PG, PG&E got the blame for it. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a power line kind of sparked or went down or something. And, mm-hmm. and so they had a, a big wrath. I think they even filed a bankruptcy um, and so this year they, you know, really didn't want to go through not only the devastation of, you know, what happened to people's homes and lives and, you know, not even talking about the cost, but just preventing that from themselves. Sure. Um, but some people, because I went back to California for a wedding and – and some people were saying, "I think it's just PG and E getting back at us." You know, this isn't even there's not even high winds, and and this is just to just to get back at everyone. And it's like, you know, I don't think a company would um, <laughs> would shut off power to how what, I don't even know the number one hundred eighty six thousand or something, something like that. It was a a big part of um, Northern California, I yeah, really, just Northern
0: California Um, because I had a friend that was there, too, and she said she got a text message and they had five hours to prepare. And Mm -hmm. she said, luckily, they had generators and things like that. But not everybody was is in that kind Uh, of a preparedness state. (laughs) So they didn't have much
1: time to go out and get themselves ready with flashlights and whatnot. But um, it was kind of crazy. I, um, I was in Sonoma, and we were out out without power. And in the morning, um, I found out that the, a little bakery in town was open. They had a generator and they were just serving coffee and breakfast sandwiches. So we walked down and there was like a mass of people in line and everybody was talking like it was the end of the world. Like, oh, my God, it's so many things that I didn't think about that, electri- uh, you know, we needed for electricity. Like I tried to <laughs> – like I, I can't even remember. Oh, the the gas stove—if it's an electric start—and oh, right. all these other things, and the refrigeration—and um, so people were just losing it, and yeah. it's, it just really makes you think. Like, just just your electricity goes out, and people are what entering we d- hysteria. Depend on, for I know. Every day, like yeah. be a little bit more prepared. Yeah. Um, I think that's
0: that's a good message actually to all of us. Yeah, given everything we've been talking about, um, just it just makes sense to mm-hmm. have a few of the things in your home that you can be prepared for these kinds of situations. Because I, I heard some of that, the information you talked about too, that they've filed bankruptcy and mm-hmm. they've they've really they're in a, a tricky spot and they they're behind on a lot of their upkeep.
1: Yeah. so they're
0: trying, you know, and I think that with the threat of that. Potentially coming <laughs> you know the, we all know the weather can we can forecast it the best we can, but at the end of the day we don't know what's going to happen, so mm-hmm. they were doing. I imagine, the best they could with what they had yeah. and trying to prevent that kind of a scenario. Knowing that, like we have just talked about, it's the time of year. It's ripe for exactly. if the Santa Ana winds were to kick up. And then, like you said, one spark, one wrong move, mm-hmm. which many of these things are human caused, these fires. But many of them are lightning, dry lightning, things like
1: that. So, yeah, definitely. Um yeah, and, and, you know, there were high winds. It was only for a few hours, but they were prepared for it. And they thought, rather be safe than sorry. It's going to make people uncomfortable. Yeah, it's not going to make us be the, the good guy because nothing they do right now can make them be the good guy. But, you know, they may have very well prevented a fire from starting, and people forget that. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but <laughs> in general, wildfires, enough about the the Northern California power outage, Um they're growing every single year. I mean, the the risk is growing. Wildfire season is growing, and the wildfire fires themselves are becoming more severe. Right. Um, and it's kind of this this negative feedback loop of climate change making the dry areas drier, the wet areas wetter. Um and, and making these fires more intense and more devastating. That's right. Yeah,
0: the the risk is just going up. They're they're more and more arid and drier and more flammable mm-hmm. and um and again as we've been talking about the you know, twenty eighteen showed California, which many of the places that are at risk are in the state of California, but like we had said, it's all over the western United States. We're we're an arid um we're an arid region, mm-hmm. and uh, we depend on the rain and the water coming in the wet seasons. And yeah. climate change has also affected the amount of water that we're receiving and what we've got kind of <laughs> to fight the fires with, but also just yeah. to, um, for our drinking water for, sure. for everything, everything that we need it for. So, um, but yeah, there there are some people saying we need to better manage. Um, these forests that are so flammable now oh we haven't mm-hmm. even mentioned the um the pine beetle which oh, yeah. you know climate with, change is a- affecting that as well yeah, so with uh, with drier conditions it's more easily spreadable that's right they're they're getting into the trees and mm-hmm. the trees are more Weak. vulnerable yeah. to them yeah and w- if you drive up in the canyons here in utah you'll see our forests with many dead standing pines so mm-hmm. that's part of the situation too that um it makes it
1: more you know at risk for right yeah i mean that the dry soil mm-hmm. the you know just little sh- especially areas that have already had fires and then they're trying to regrow a lot of that is again just kindling for for fires yeah um and another thing you know not necessarily fires um but Areas that have had a wildfire, sometimes it's so hard for them to rebuild and they can't retain moisture that then you're at risk for flash floods in low,
0: low-level right, areas. The erosion, yeah. that's,
1: that's, and that's happened here in Utah for sure. There mm-hmm. are communities that yeah, when I was once, living in
0: Colorado, the yeah. same thing happened. When the rain does come, which we're all praying for, it's like, oh, not too much at once because then the, the burn scars are, yeah. are susceptible to Everything that. Everything is so mm-hmm.
1: fragile. Right.
0: Yeah, it's um it is it's kind of we we do have the recipe out here for these these big fires and the other the other point that I think is being made too is that because they can burn more and hotter and travel quicker that it's now moving in. it's more likely to move into communities where people live. And I, I think that's part of what happened in 2018. It it moved and jumped into these communities
1: and yeah. burned, like yeah. you said, I think, 88. It burned it, it, the entire town of Paradise. It entered right. Santa Rosa, which is a pretty big town. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's really threatening the people in residential areas that don't think they're at risk. Right. Yeah. Um, so... And then that's really going to start affecting even more things, like when people are trying to, you know, purchase homes, figuring out where's the safest area, and all this, this massive people leaving California, not only to wildfires, but you know, many other reasons they're leaving, Cal- they're fleeing California right now.
0: Yeah, and I think that's that's part of what I was. When I was reading about the fires in California, a lot of people had moved to that little community of paradise and places mm-hmm. like that because they can't afford the high rents of the cities mm-hmm. there. And now they don't have a home mm-hmm. and now they have nowhere to go. So we've yeah. got displaced people. And I mean, one of the solutions people are saying is for people to <laughs> to move back a- away from these forests and things. I but know. it's like then you look at it and it's almost it's an impossible yeah. thing to ask people to do. I know. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's scary. So, um, I don't know. And and all of the things that we've talked about on this program that we can do can can obviously help this problem mm-hmm. which is um part of what's happening due to to all the other things that are affecting climate change. So, yeah, if
1: we can reduce our emissions, um, you know, start trying to halt climate change and I mean, I don't I don't know if reverse is even something worth talking about, but halting mm-hmm. it so it doesn't get worse <coughs> because at the rates right now, these are just expected to to increase even more. Um, not only are our, our greenhouse gas emissions, but wildfires in general, the whole season, and and as you know, wildfires emit tons of tons of emissions, yeah. carbon and um, and whatnot into the air. Which is it's just like I said, it's just it's a negative this, feedback yeah, loop, yeah, negative circle, yeah. Um, so it's just really scary. So it's just another thing that. We have to be aware of when we're making these conscious decisions in our life and and one more thing that it affects
0: one thing I know that uh-huh. if if you happen to be a person that lives um, in a community that's near a, a prone um, wildlife wildfire area you can manage the vegetation and things like that around your oh, home yeah definitely and uh, we have friends that lived in a canyon here um, and uh, At the time that they moved in there, they didn't even have a fire station up there. And it was scary. There was one time, you know, they woke up in the middle of the night and saw some fire on the hillside and they thought, do we need to evacuate? And Mm -hmm. they've put a fire. So a lot of these communities are, you know, putting fire stations in closer to their community and doing things like I just talked about, controlling the vegetation around the home. And um, there are actually you can build um,
1: roofs and things like that that are that are less um, prone to. Mm-hmm. To, you can use material right. materials that are less flammable um also just you know clearing out your gutters regularly mm-hmm. all those little things but then also um i mean i know it's fire fire stations they do a lot of um these prescribed burns and collecting and cleaning up the forest because that's what's going to be the biggest risk is just how quickly it can spread due to due to everything um, right. that's just in the forest and Forest and another thing that is interesting to think about is that that like dry g- grasslands are going to be less of risk of catching fire because as it gets drier and more intense and less fire, they're not even going to be able to sustain grass throughout the summer. Mm, interesting. And so it's not even going to be flammable. It's really just going to be the, the forest. foresty areas. Yeah, and we're talking really what we have more information
0: about today is is really mm-hmm. more right here close to home, but obviously we talked about the rainforest that had yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know did. in a few episodes ago so it's it's all over our world the world mm-hmm. and um again it's you know we'll try to do what we can do as individuals to overall help reduce our our carbon footprint that mm-hmm. we've given lots of of ideas about on this show but um the other point is that you know trying to do what you can if you do happen to live in an area like this. Be prepared and try to do what you can to protect your property and reduce the vegetation around it. And, and maybe another volunteer type thing where you can go and help clean up your canyons yeah. or something like that. So. And
1: also just being aware of your own risk of starting a fire because mm. almost 80% of wildfires are are human caused. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you do live in the mountains and you have um, you know, a fireplace. Making sure that all the trees up by up outside of your house are are trimmed. Um, you're not at risk for you know sparking something. That if you're out camping, you make sure you put your fire your campfire out all the way. Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of times it looks like it's out and there is still heat in there. You really have to drench it and mm-hmm. um, and cover it. And, and just being, you know, being conscious. If, being you're, aware, if you're a smoker, yeah. make sure to, to get rid of your cigarettes properly. Um, all those types of things. Yeah, and just following the fire danger signs if
0: you're out and about. And, you know, if, it, if it's really high fire danger, just forego the,
1: yeah, the campfire. Yeah, yeah. It's not worth it. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> just bring a hot water bottle for heat. <laughs> That's <right. laughs> A little portable. You can make do without yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as... As these conditions get worse in all aspects, we're going to have to get out of our comfort zone and and make changes. Um, But just know that it's for the greater good. That's right. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll be back with more tips next week.